Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion. Cadeira boa, sentei, espirrei na tua, gripei Por ficar ao léu, resfriei Você me agradou, me acertou Me miseravou, me aqueceu Me rasgou a roupa e valeu E jurou conversas de Deus Aganjo, aganjo
Salam, Fab Stars, and welcome to the Fashion Lab Show. This is the show that dissects the business behind fashion. We sort of unpack different conversations that we feel uh, definitely touch on fashion, not just in Africa, but um, beyond the borders. Uh, my name is Liz Ogumba Regisford, your host, and thank you for tuning in. Now, on today's show, we are back to dissect the topic around sustainability in fashion because this is the second most polluting industry on the planet Earth, right after oil. And this seriously is hectic because this industry is emitting 1.2 billion tons of greenhouse gases annually. This is more than international flights. If you thought international flights was bad, even worse than the maritime shipping combined. Uh, now, eco-friendly, ethical, sustainable fashion, whatever you want to call it, is finally on the industry's agenda. Uh, we've seen this uh, progress through the years. And I think a lot of many brands are also uh, sort of waking up. This definitely has been a year of awakening. Now, Tamsin Blankard on her article on Vogue around sustainability in fashion in 2019 argues that we all have a part and our part to play in making fashion truly circular. Uh, circular is a word for those of you who are tuned in that we're going to definitely unpack as well as we go through. Now, while you think about uh, sort of more within the fashion community, more people are now paying attention. You think about the slogan, Who Made My Clothes, which is also in remembrance of the 1,138 garment workers who were killed uh, when the Rana Plaza uh, factory collapsed in 2013. So I feel like more than ever, this definitely is the right episode today. And this is the episode that will also give us an opportunity to sort of measure or dissect how the fashion industry is actually dealing with this undeniably negative impact, both on us, both on the planet, and then also just to sort of figure ways to work together to find solutions. Now, as we move into the show, we'll also touch, like I said, on this circular design. Uh, it's a big buzzword. Uh, very recently, I never really, I know what it means, but I didn't know what it was sort of um, <laughs> described, I mean, sort of broken down as. So circular design basically means the entire life cycle of the product, of the product must be thought about at the design and sourcing stage. So it's not like you design and you finish your design and then you think, oh, we're just about to wrap up. Uh, what does it mean? You actually think about this from conceptualization. Anyway, one of the things I want to also highlight is I think that, you know, sometimes we look at things and we think, oh my gosh, it's such a small uh, little thing. I mean, what, what am I going to do to make a difference as small as I am? But I think for me, if we're able to start being a bit more conscious, um, we can be able to definitely one brand at a time, one fashion company at a time, one uh, textile company at a time, I think we can be able to definitely put this uh, into a better space. So personally, I practice uh, this sort of through never putting an end to my pieces. And uh, some of my clients have also sort of caught up with this practice. So I have personally, as a fashion brand, I have an open policy that states buy and when you're fed up, return it and let me upcycle it for you. I will still charge you a small fuel. Don't get it twisted. But the truth of the matter is we just do this to give the piece more life and that way you don't have to really stack it away. Anyway, one more thing is I just want to touch on just uh, this last July when Barbary admitted to burning 28 pounds, 28 million pounds worth of luxury product. Now, this apparently is no news to bigger brands because the practice is commonplace or considered commonplace. However, I think what we need to do is to sort of find ways on not making this a commonplace practice. I just don't, I don't understand it. So we are here. We are uh, unpacking this topic. 
And uh, this is Fashion Lab Radio, where we hold it down every Tuesday between 7 and 9 p.m. Central African time. This is where we go live. Uh, and before getting into deep into today's topic, allow me to introduce our contributors who also bring life to the show. Now, we are joined by our contributor and partner, Edgy Benson, who runs Enemy New York with his Echoes from New York. Welcome to the show, Edgy. Hi, Liz. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm just hungry, and I know that's no one's business, but <laughs> I am fine. Thank you. Uh, who are you wearing? Who made your clothes? As we go back to that tagline. Well, today, today I am wearing, oh my God, a very nondescript T-shirt and a pair of diesel jeans. I know you don't like this, but <laughs> I wanted sorry. to ask. I wanted to give you a chance today to be a bit more creative, but you know, I could have asked you the way the other way around. But it's okay. We'll let you start. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us, Edu. Welcome to the show, and seriously consider talking to Diesel. This is a conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. We are now also joined by uh, Amanda Vananan, uh, keeping it real with Amanda all the way from LA. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Hello, Liz. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Who are you wearing and who made I'm your clothes? I'm fine. <laughs> oh, I'm not wearing anything special, but it's special to me. I'm wearing a pair of harem pants by Aloe Yoga and a T-shirt, long sleeve T-shirt by Vince. Um, nothing special. I'm standing barefoot <laughs> in my living room where I'm recording this from in sunny Los Angeles. Nice. <laughs> nice one. Well, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Um, but, all right. Belize. Yes. Before we run away, we need to know what you're wearing. <laughs> Well, today I am wearing, in fact, I look very hot for myself. Must I say so myself? Ooh. I'm wearing a little Lizzo Gumbo mini, uh, mini dress. This is what happens when I travel around the continent is I collect a lot of fabrics. So this is a print I collected in Dakar. And uh, it's a very, very abstract. In fact, I have to take a picture so you and Amanda can actually see this and maybe for the rest of our people who are tuned in. Please. But what is cool about it is it's an African print, but it's not... It doesn't say African print. It just says, I don't know. You guys will tell me what it says. It just says something else. But it's a mini dress uh, inspired by the Cheong Sam. So it's not really thick on the neck like my other sort of signature Cheong Sam pieces. Uh, it's got a beautiful um, sleeve as well. It's a little puff um, exaggerated sleeve, but in a very simple way. So I'm really feeling good. And I'm in flats. I'm actually wearing flats because um, I'm wearing flats. But anyway, I'm feeling good. I'm just hungry. Thank you for asking. Angry, sorry. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> and now for those who are tuned in as well, we're going to be joined by Zakia Bam uh, with our beauty, beauty segment called Glamish. She'll be bringing us a touch of that. Uh, we we'll also urge you to stay tuned to catch up with our wine style guide, which is where we touch base with everything stylish about wine and style, which go hand in hand. And lastly, which is normally my favorite segment at the end of the show, it's called Who Would You Want to Dress and Why, which you are also welcome to engage in. Keep your tweets coming at Fashion Lab AF or reach out to us at Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram and Facebook because we care about how you feel about what we are talking about. <laughs> yep, but you know what? Before we roll over to Echoes from New York, here is Harper Bazaar's 10 simple steps to being more sustainable in 2019. However way you want to do this, however way you feel about this, I'll also share the link on Twitter. 
Uh, their first is the 30 wears test. I don't know if any of you know that, but we'll obviously unpack this a bit more. The second one is to be informed. I think be informed just brings back the idea of, you know, when you buy, you have to buy smart. You have to think about, you know, what is this brand? What, who made it? Who, where is it produced? How, you know, what type of quality is this? Is it going to last me 30 wears? More or less. You want to also, uh, their third point is to shop vintage. Some of you agree with it, some don't. But, you know, here we are just sharing what Harper Bazaar is, is suggesting. Uh, the fourth one is to invest in transseasonal clothes. And I think that that's a really good idea because of the fact that, you know, I believe in transseasonal because you can layer up in winter, you can strip down in summer without having to feel like you always have to buy a whole new wardrobe every season. Then you think about donating your unwanted clothes, which is the fifth, po fifth point. You can donate. What I do with mine is I do donate, but I actually prefer to also just uh, upcycle my clothes. My clothes have like 10 lives. Then you, uh, sixth point is to look after your clothes so they last longer. It's great. I think it's a great idea. It's just that if you're buying cheap, bad clothes, how are you going to, however way you look after them? Anyway, that's another conversation for another day. Seven is to learn how to repair clothing, clothing yourself or find a good tailor. Mm, I think that's again back to, to me, I feel like that's also around upcycling. But you, however way you feel about it, we'll share it and break this down through the show. Number eight is to go for quality over quantity. I definitely agree with that. Number nine is to adjust how you spend your money. Hmm, I think how you spend your money is your own business. I don't know about that. Number 10 is to change your perspective. I think it's just about perspective, overall perspective on how you buy. So you can decide which brands you focus on based on the fact that you've actually paid your school fees. Anyway, that is Harper Bazaar and that's what they are suggesting to you. So whether you yay or nay, we're just sharing these insights with you and then you can do what you want to do and we will be right back after the music break. Yeah. 
right, guys. So we are going to roll over quickly to um, BBC Earth and sort of their overview around fashion and its sustainability. Planet Earth is like no other. Breathtaking landscapes exploding with colour. Home to over 8 million species of plants and animals. This planet sustains us and every creature we share it with. But more than that, it inspires us. Exquisite species overload our senses with their vibrant shades, patterns and textures. Up to now, many of us have taken it for granted. But it's not too late to protect the source of our creativity. This planet is suffocating because of our increasing desire for fast fashion. And most of the industry still supports this, making it one of the world's biggest polluters. Our hunger for fast fashion is pushing species to the brink of extinction, destroying the habitats that provide us with clean air and polluting the rivers that give us fresh water. Each year, over a hundred billion items of clothing are produced globally, using thousands of different chemicals. Yet three out of five items end up in landfill within 12 months. We all need a healthy planet, not only to survive, but also to inspire the creativity that drives fashion and design. And there is hope. Nature's power of regeneration is remarkable. The choice lies with us every time we invest in an item of clothing. We can consider every purchase and love our choices. We can buy quality and consume less. We can recycle and repurpose. Together, we can change our attitude towards fast fashion. Sustainable, clean, considered fashion. Wow, guys, that's um, BBC Arts sort of angle around uh, this whole conversation. Now, when you think about producing billions of clothes every day, the fast fashion industry is also releasing waste and chemicals into our world, polluting and sort of driving species to the brink of extinction. You know, you have to think about solutions. And if we don't think about solutions, this thing is going to kill us. Because like Francisca said in one of the shows, uh, what did she call it? Someone please help me here. Something she said about the planet. The planet is, oh, the, the cele- is her celebrity or what was it? Yeah, the planet is a celebrity. There you go, guys. The main celebrity. There you go, guys. Enough uh, said. Uh, let's roll over to Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson. Echoes from New York on Fashion Lab Africa with Edgy Benson. Hi, man. This this is just such an amazing topic, you know, sustainability. Um, for me, I feel like sustainability in fashion is is there are two there are two levels at which 
from where I look at it, you know, this eco-sustainability, uh, eco which is towards, you know, how we take care of the environment and, uh, and just workforce sustainability, meaning how we take care of who, who does, uh, who produces these clothes. But I do believe that all of those, both eco-sustainability and workforce sustainability are driven by consumption sustainability, meaning uh, sustainable uh, conscious, sustainability consciousness among consumers, like how we consume. You know, I, I feel like this this consciousness among the, in, in, in the way that the consumer thinks about the world, right, is driving how we design, how we produce, how we shop, how we wear, and how we retire our clothes, you know? So this is like a really important, when you think of what is going on at the UN right now in New York, which is a big, mm. you know, it's all about the planet, you know? And so you can see that is, everybody that is a, is a fashion consumer in a sense, you know, with that uniformity in, in consciousness, uniformity in purpose, like we have to save the planet. You can see that today, most of what we do in production, most of what we would do in our workforces is being driven by this, just our voices, in just our pure consumer voices, you know? Like, you can see like right now, in terms of just materials, right, which is the eco-sustainability part, which is affecting materials that we choose, processes that we use for production, how we dye, what we dye with, you know, all of those are being driven by just consumer consciousness, you know? So what I'm noticing right now on my part is that, so vegan leather, right, has become a big deal, you know? Like I, I, yesterday I was sitting with these diplomats and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know, maybe in a, in five years, we probably it probably wouldn't be cool to use leather for shoes, you did know? You, did you say like, vegan leather? Yes. There's vegan leather? So, hey, break that down. I'm not even aware. <laughs> I'm not a cool. Wow. So these are leather that is produced from not, a leather material that is not produced from cows or but it's it's I won't say it's synthetic, but it's organically produced, you know? And it's it's taking the form of leather and it does look like leather, feels like leather, and it's saving a few cows, you know? But this is this is a growing <laughs> consciousness. Sorry, I have See, the to, thing is Edgy, hold on. <laughs> I have to I'm not laughing because it's funny, but it's a little funny to me. You know, um, while we are talking and while we, while we are delving into this topic, I want, I'm very curious about, does, okay, between the three of us here, Amanda, do you eat beef? <laughs> I, I have a question. Please just yay or nay. I just want. I eat, I, I eat beef occasionally. Okay, but you do eat it. You partake. <laughs> of course. Okay, and Edgy, do you eat beef? <clears throat> Did you kill the cow? No, but I, do, I, do I support them? <laughs> The cow being killed now, right now, in my consciousness, probably not as much. Um, not for my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but for your dinner, is that okay? 
because that's another no, part. That's what I'm saying. No, I, 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 I want to get, let you say what you're, you're right. saying. I'm just curious that if we're going to kill the cow, is it going to be better to kill it for dinner or to kill it for shoes? You asked an extremely important question, to be honest with you. And I think that's the conundrum right now. Like, what are we going, what are we willing to give up to save the environment? Because it's those choices that are going to inform the clothes that we make, how we make them, and how we even consume, our, how we wear our clothes, you know? And when we retire our clothes, we're thinking, instead of throwing them away or giving them to, to continue this usage, uh, you know, it's it's really going to affect all the ways that we we think. So it's a huge topic. It's so many multi-dimensional, and you have to take one part of it and deal with it. Uh, I do think that on the eco part, fashion is doing a lot. Uh, a, bi- a lot of the big houses are going to stop using fur. You know, that's why I was asking yesterday when are we going to stop using leather for for shoes? You know, so. <laughs> Fashion is doing a lot in, in, on the eco-friendly, on the eco-sustainability part. And also on the workforce sustainability part, the certifications now you have to have to supply to big stores like Nostrums, Costco and the rest. And they all bother around how, you know, the workforce, no child labor and, uh, you know, uh, safety processes in the factories, you know, work hours. Uh, after work hours, you know, all of those things. But that's sustainability, though, all in, in, in a ballpark, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I just think that one of the things we have to do when we tackle these uh, conversations uh, or when we get very conscious and very serious about them is that we have to look at this thing in different angles. And that's why there's a question for those who are tuned in, if you have an answer to it, for those who want to share we're on Twitter on Fashion Lab AF. The question is, what's better or what's worse? Is it is it better? Is it if we want to sit down and compare killing a cow for fashion or killing a cow for food for dinner? Which one's it gonna be? Is it okay? Which one's okay? Because for Please, me, we're talking about no, no because no, I'm just saying because for me, my thing at the end of the day, it's the same thing when we think about, and I'm not saying the same thing actually. When I used to wear my fur coats in New York and almost get stoned, I'm like, why do people want to stone me when they probably had fox for dinner? And I am wearing fox, but I did not kill the fox. But I'm just saying, this is a very uh, serious conversation. I've got jokes for it, but the jokes are real. It's a true conversation. It's, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, tell me what's, which one's worse, and then let's talk about it. Let's unpack it in the best way that we know. Um, but I think for me, the bottom line is for us to be able to keep our eye or our heart or our soul on that thing. Meaning that if it's killing the animals, then let's not sit and say, well, for the jacket is a bit better or for the dinner is a bit better than for the shoes. Come on. Amanda, you're very quiet. I'm interested in listening to your insights before we move on <laughs> to the next conversation around this topic. I'm sorry, because sometimes I have my speakers on mute. Okay, the topic goes, this is what I think. I think, um, firstly, we have to eat. And I, it, as, as much as a lot of people don't eat beef, as much as a lot of people don't eat beef, which I don't eat, I eat beef in moderation, and especially chicken, I eat chicken in moderation. I love my fish, you know, but we have to eat. So I think when we think about 
provided we're not killing the cows just to make shoes. If we're if it's cows that are already being going, to, if they're going to be eaten, you might as well recycle their leather <laughs> and create shoes. You understand what I mean? Because otherwise, it's a waste. You know, if you're going to kill the cow, you might as well create shoes. Now. I do believe, on the other hand, that you know we shouldn't kill cows for the sole purpose of making shoes. Now, EJ talks about vegan leather made from groundnuts, and that's very interesting, especially if it feels like leather, it looks like leather, it then it is leather, you know. But what I wanted to say is, you know, how is that processed? You know, what is the process for making this vegan leather? Because what you find around in a lot of these things is they say something is better. But then, when you look at the process of them making it, they're emitting CO2 gases. They're doing—you you see what I'm saying? So, what is the process for making that leather? Because sometimes the process is just as dangerous to the environment as the leather itself. Well, you uh, go ahead, Edgy. Yes. Because, because the, the fact that we—so, if we're killing cows for for shoes, provided we're not culling all the cows on Earth. And we're eating them, and then we're making leather. It's a natural process. That's what we've always done since we've, you know, been since we came. We've always eaten <laughs> cows. We've always, we're, we're, yeah, we're hunter gatherers. But what I'm saying is, the processing for creating these new leathers. What is the process for creating them? Because sometimes it's a counter effect. You're saving one thing at the expense of another. Well, let me let me say so. I mean, yes, we are, we've traditionally been hunter gatherers, but we're hunter gathering the world to extinction. I think this is why. No, I agree this, that. I agree yeah. with that. I think we yeah. should have quotas, and I think we should have quotas. And I think part of the responsibility does lie on designers because designers are creating new new collections every season, sometimes four times a year now. You know, they'll say the cruise collection, the this collection, and each time there they are using more leather, more leather, more this, more that. You know what I'm saying? Because there's obviously an appetite for it. So if fashion, in that sense, is going to be responsible, is going to be responsible. First of all, collections should just be twice a year, and you know, because that already cuts the cruise collections and the pre-fall and the this. You know what I'm saying? So that will already cut a lot. And then maybe the way we buy our, like list and the way we buy our clothes should be different. And maybe there shouldn't be so much pressure to be buying new clothes all the time, but rather recycling. So a designer, for example, will take their last collection and maybe add more detail to it, add more pockets and then release it again, which I know is like far-fetched. But, you know, if you're thinking of, because otherwise we're, we're wasting even fabrics. So the process for making the fabrics, you know, they're using chemicals and all this. And yeah, you might have vegan chemicals or this, but they're still wastage, you know? That's why Burberry ended up burning $28 million worth of stuff or pounds or whatever because of the wastage. So my question is, how do we control the wastage itself? Well, I think, I don't know if, yes, wastage is one of the causes that that contribute to our sustainability issues. Um, But... (laughs) Wastage one of those have to come out in very limited numbers. So when they're gone, they're gone. You know what I'm saying? Because the wastage thing is every you know, you go to every Mm. discount outlet, everything, there's clothes everywhere. I mean let's not let's not let's not you know But that also means we are ignoring science though, because science is giving us options. If we adopt those options We'll be fine. We don't have to. No, 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 no. You'll never be fine because if you, even if you adopt those options, eventually mm-hmm. you're still wasting. You have to get rid of the waste. 
You understand what I mean? The waste doesn't disintegrate. You have to get rid of the waste. So either way, you see, that's what I mean about all this. Everyone fighting for it. I agree with it, but people are not looking that, yeah, you have now, okay, let's say you have everything vegan. Mm-hmm. You're still going to have wastage of clothes. You're going to have wastage of things. And how do you get rid of it? You have to burn it and emit CO2 emissions. You understand? So don't you think part of the responsibility is not to have wastage? Truly, and, that, and I agree. And I, uh, I just want to say something quickly. I'll roll, I'll roll it back to you. <clears throat> I agree with you, Amanda, and I also agree, agree with Edgy. I think for me, one of the things that I find is we cannot sit down and focus and say, okay, we care about sustainability. We want to do something about it. And I'm saying we not here in the house and fashion lab. But generally, as people who say, oh, yeah, I know it's so bad what's happening. We are so conscious about it. We'll just it's really bad. It's it's bad. Yes. But I think that at the end of the day, people have to look at different ways of how to be able to reduce the carbon footprint, which means that there is so many ways. So, for example, Amanda saying a a brand recycling uh, or upcycling their collection. I don't even think it's far fetched. I think it's possible and I think it makes such a big difference. That's just one thing. There's so many different ways to be able to start making a difference in this, uh, you know, around this conversation. Because in my head, I'm thinking and I'm saying one of the things I know, I've got clients who love silk. There's a lot of people who love silk. You think about 3000 silkworms dying to produce just about a pound of silk. Is that fair or no? Which one's worse, the cow or the silk or the silkworm? Which one should die? Or, or if, if, or if not, what's what? What do what do we do? I'm just saying, there's so many situations. Think about seals, and they're killed for what? For their fur. Think about rabbits. Think about the fox. Think about sheep. Think about lambs. Think about uh, guys. Think about minks. Think about so many things. We are killing. We are just. We are. We are. We are going down. But I'm just saying, is it possible that? There is a way that we can have more communication, maybe. I don't know if it's lack of communication or what would it be, guys. Maybe you want to help me here. Is it that brands and companies who are busy doing what they do and deteriorating everything around, do you think that they don't know what they should do better? Or do you think that maybe the conversation is not being had enough? Options of how to start, because sometimes people are just scared or not sure how to actually start to start. What's... Actually... Actually, if you look at it right now, in terms of the way the, the way the fashion industry has been working, I would say for the last five years, we've been yes, we have not we were not proactive, but I think in terms of reacting to the realities, we've been very reactive. I think fairly so, fairly good at it. Um, yes, the new ways fashion is embracing all these new fabrics that are less. Um, they, yeah, they're, they're just less they have less pressure on the environment in terms of the way they are made you know we are adopting new ways of dyeing even now in 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 china for instance if the way that they have such strict restrictions on denim production because of the dyeing and that's all because of pressure you know consumer pressure mostly you know sorry while you're on the denim sorry while you're on the denim tip again i'm just curious because denim is a very universal piece of clothing and it is it's probably the most worn piece of clothing in the whole world uh but the dyeing process is such uh, a big thing when it comes to this conversation we are having today you are also uh 
denim producer. I mean, you work on, you're even working on my brand. Mm-hmm. You're working on a lot of other denim brands. You've been doing this for years. What would you say, for example, for a denim brand who's listening today or a denim manufacturer who's saying, you know what, I want to also do right and I want to start doing something a bit differently. What are the options if you don't dye the... How, how else can you dye the denim without the harshness of the chemicals is it i mean and also being able to make sure that it is cost effective enough to make business sense out of the process otherwise what's who's going to do it what are the options or what is what's your two cents on that there are so many options right now so there's the dry ink jets you know that are that just dye the the, the denim dry without having to pollute the environment with the, the liquid waste and all of the residue of the dye of course they still when you still have go to the laundry and wash it those dyes uh remember we, we take the denims of the laundry to wash them in our homes that water goes somewhere and that water is polluted mm-hmm. right so you also they're also working on making sure that dyes are organic you know and that is growing you know so there's a lot being done i think the, the denim industry is working very hard well the more developed countries the more developed uh, production areas tend to 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 work to be more proactive but the rest do come along it takes longer but generally the trajectory is towards sustainability is towards more eco-friendly systems so i think yes we're not there yet but have we are we moving are we taking some steps yes there are there are there are a lot of steps being taken do you think that these steps are being taken by the factories? So, for example, Edgy, where are you? Sorry, I know this is crazy. I'm asking you this on air. Where are you currently manufacturing my denim? <laughs> we are doing your denim in Turkey. The okay. factory is super cool. Um, well, I do not have in terms of certificates that say they are totally eco-friendly. Okay. But Turkey, is, they've gotten really good because of the, the huge denim production hub, manufacturing hub. And the bigger the hub, the more stringent the rules are in terms of the environment, you know, all of those things. So I'm very certain that we are under some kind of rules in terms of how either how the dyes are disposed or what dyes are particularly used in terms of how less toxic they are. Yeah, I'm very certain of that. Sorry, just again, for those who are tuned in, it's not that I don't know about my stories. I'm just checking because I know Edgy has been trying to move um, his factory setups as well because he's a conscious person and because he's trying to do good by all of us who are producing with him. So, yes. (laughs) Yeah. I like I like um, I like this conversation, Edgy. I think in a nutshell, it'd be great for you to just sort of wrap up on your echoes and just maybe your two cents around where how we can be able to. I think for me, I think the biggest thing on this topic today is we can talk all we want about what's happening, but the idea of how to start moving towards a different direction that will be able to help contain this situation and sort of make it better for us is what I think that's the bottom line. For me, I think as for me, I think sustainability is a very personal story for everyone. It's a very personal responsibility. We we have to, if we believe in the environment and want to save our planet, as fashion people, we also either as makers, designers, or consumers, we have to think about, you know, who made it, how was it made, you know, and how is it helping or hurting the environment. And these are small decisions. But they are, they have big impacts on 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 how products got, get made for us because if we're questioning the product, 
if somebody is questioning my product, I'm going to shift the way I make it, for sure. Hmm. So that's what I, I, I would say. Well, thank you very much, AJ, for your echoes. Um, for those who are tuned in, this is Fashion Lab. Uh, we are unpacking the conversation around sustainability in fashion uh, because it's a very important conversation to have. And then obviously the action should follow. But we're going to take a quick music break and we'll be right back. Come on, Baba. What you got to say, girl? Let's kick it. Just me and you. You remember like we used to down in the east. Ba 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 baby boo. Been calling, but I can't get through. My heartbeat says emergency. And my pulse rate is on. We both heart each other, baby, can't you see? I said, can we make things right so you could be my Mr. Right? I want to be your wife, yes, I want you in my life. Please don't blame me for this crazy love affair. I'll walk through the fire just to reach your heart's desire. But just in time for another love affair. Honey boo, will you be waiting there? I said, just in time for this exotic love affair. Just a pocket, can make that rap up, up, I'm like the artist. Yeah, yeah, it's a real sim, sim, sim. Give me a second, I reconcile the differences between you and I. The past we cannot rewind, I've asked you time and time to leave it behind. Let me consult your girl, I love your mind, your body, your soul. You're cold, the five for patrol, you know. The love we got, inevitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You were the 
queen about down. Just before we lay down, I'm talking about the past now. That's way before the breakdown. The match we are talking, lit up the fire. No time for talking, cold on the wire. Head out the window, then take down. You what? Pull out the gun, the man down. Break Um, thank you guys for tuning in. You are listening to Fashion Lab, uh, the show that dissects the business behind fashion. And we are unpacking a very heavy conversation around sustainability in fashion this year and more than ever how we want to actually move ahead. Let's roll over to BBC's interview with Stella McCartney and Ellen MacArthur around sustainability. This is on BBC News site. Now, the report was produced by the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. She was the round-the-world yachtswoman who now promotes the idea that the economy should be circular, with goods recycled round and round, not flowing in a straight line into a landfill. Uh, contributors to the report included McKinsey, the consultants, and many clothing businesses, including Stella McCartney's. Well, just before the official launch earlier this evening, I went to the Fashion Gallery at the uh, Victoria and Albert Museum to talk to Ellen MacArthur and Stella McCartney herself. First, I asked Ellen if we should blame the waste of textile materials on the very nature of fashion. I think the, the disposable nature of fashion is one of the challenges. Um, but I think the other challenge is to try and make that, that fashion that changes by definition fit within a system. And that's what this report is all about. It's about building a broader system within which all products fit the design of the products, the materials that they use, so that when they come out of the, fa the, the far end as fast fashion, that material can be valorised, either as something which is technical, like a plastic, or as something that biodegrades and can feed back into the, you know, the biosphere. I think we could wait to just respond and then I'll continue playing. I mean, I think the blame, the blame goes around, you know. We're not questioning ourselves much. If the consumer is not concerned, the designer is just, just going to do what they're doing, the manufacturer is going to do what they're doing. But, I think this thing goes from, you know, it's like a ground up thing where the consumer is raising questions and the designers and manufacturers are reacting to those questions. So, yeah, you can say the big the big blame is how fashion is set up, but fashion is uh, it's reacting well, though. I, I, do think, I think Stella has a point. I think for me, I feel like the consumer has to, everybody have a responsibility when it comes to sustainability in this world today. And mm. I think that blaming it on the fashion industry is fantastic. It's not fantastic, but it is happening. And it's true that there is facts around, you know, how bad this industry, I mean, industry is really messing up everything for us. But on the flip side, I think that the consumer, even when we were speaking and just touched, touching base quickly on just or thinking about ways of how we can actually uh, be able to become uh, a bit more conscious about this matter based on how we behave, whether we are consuming or whether we are creating, the consumer has a part to do. So if the consumer can do their part, that's already half the part, half, that's a lot of parts happening 
then the brands have know what they need to do, the manufacturers, the textile companies. It's a pie. You can't put it on one person, on one, one thing within the industry. So I think the consumers also need to wake up and start doing things. You've got, you know, things, there's basic things like upcycling. I mean, whether you like it or not, if you're not sure about upcycling, you need to look and find out. You'll be surprised in your community or wherever you live that there are actually people who can upcycle your pieces in a way that you will never even imagine. And then the thing about also buying, you know, buying, why are we buying? Fast fashion is here, but you can, you as a consumer can control something about it. If you decide to go back and just buy quality so that instead of buying 10 pairs of jeans, you buy one diesel like edgy, <laughs> then you're definitely, no, I'm serious. Because what's going to happen if you buy your 10 pairs of jeans that are $10 each, and I'm not talking about the price, let's forget about the price, that are however much you bought them for, and you can't wear them t after 10 times, then, you've, then what are you going to do with them? And then you're not donating either. And then you're not upcycling. And then you're just stocking up and you're not doing so there's so many um i think everybody have a role to play here so let's all pay attention and do the best that we can in the way that we can because then that's going to definitely it will make a difference totally amanda do you have anything to say on this do you have do you want to play the blame game or should we move on <laughs> um i just i mean for me generally can you hear me yes yes um, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with a lot of things that EJ said, but I still think the whole thing is about wastage because um, even if you go organic or green or whatever you call it, mm -hmm. after a while, once you start mass production, even if it's green, in one way or the other, because when you say green dye, for example, you're using plants or something instead, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And even those plants, you have to get them from somewhere. So the same way you're, the cows are going to get extinct, extinct, then the plants are going to get extinct. <laughs> And then when you have massive concentrations of a certain chemical, it doesn't matter whether it's natural or plant or anything. Once there's massive concentration of it, as in when it's being recycled or when it's being disposed or something, you know, or they're pouring tons of vegetable dye into the ocean. It's, it, 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 you, you see what I'm saying? You'll still face the same issues as well because the concentration becomes high of that particular product and it starts to affect the environment. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I think, yeah, all that is well and good. And I think that could really, really help the environment. But I think the issue of wastage is still at the forefront, you know, because if we have to move things, we have to start, I know it doesn't help probably um, economics or, you know, um, whatever like the profits of the big companies maybe but without wastage eventually we'll come back to the same place again you know with waste you know like even if we go green for everything in the world because we're still consuming at an alarming rate and we're not recycling or you know fast enough or trying to say okay um uh, as long as the fashion industry keeps on luring people to buy new clothes new clothes new things new that which is what you know that's how they make money, then there'll always be some sort of, you know, with wastage. And when there is wastage, there'll be, you know, pollution or whatever of some sort. Thank you for your insights, guys. Stella, do you worry that if we did this right, if we were really kind of more eco-friendly in the way we dress, 
you, you, you might end up out of a job because you, you design one piece of clothing and instead of us changing it, we would wear it for 20 years and then we wouldn't need as many of, as many of you. <laughs> uh, no, obviously I don't worry about that. <laughs> I mean, my business model is based on, on sustainability and I have a successful business. Um, I think what we're looking at here in this report is actually working together and looking at all levels of the fashion industry and creating new business out of it and looking at the waste, essentially, which is what we're talking about, and finding a way of reusing it and making it exciting, actually, to not look at it as a problem all the time. I think to look at it as an opportunity. There's a 500 billion US dollar opportunity if we can get this right, if we can keep that fashion cycling for longer, if we can recover that material. 100 billion US dollars of material isn't recycled every year, which is value. That's value to yeah. the economy, that's value to the fashion industry. I, I don't think that's a problem. I think the world continues to evolve. We continue to adapt as a world around things. So if we've made a decision to be less in the way that we consume fashion, to make it less fast, uh, to, I'm sure that it's, it's not just happening in a void, it's happening because of a certain, a certain trajectory that we're following, a certain, a certain consciousness. So I don't see us having, I don't see that becoming an issue. I think designers will always be designers, they will always be relevant, it's just we find new ways to really be relevant in, 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 in keeping our environment alive. Do you, you guys know. think that when we decide to do things differently, everyone will hold their placards up and march down the streets and demonstrate all over the world? Because, I mean, that's also a possibility considering <laughs> we're living in a very <laughs> expressive world these days. Social media is the, uh, you know, sort of the ringleader and everything else you want to explain or to expose literally starts there. So I'm just saying, I don't, I don't, I don't refuse what she's saying. I'm just wondering, like, hmm. Do you guys really believe that, I don't know, okay. what are your thoughts? <laughs> Do you think there's going to be a revolution around this issue? No. What, what, the, the revolution is already going on. That's in the way, this conversation we're having right now is part of the revolution. <laughs> we're changing the way we shop. We're changing the way we make things. Big and later is going to come and get you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you build and persuade people that durability is an attractive feature? You know, if we're burning the equivalent of one truckload of clothing every second or using it as landfill, there's nothing attractive about that. I think at the end of the day, we're all living on this planet together and we have to survive on it, you know, and this is a really harmful industry and it doesn't have to be. It's not a quick fix. But, you know, I think what we're talking about today is just bringing awareness to it, a different mindset, a different approach. Guys, in fashion, would you? Do we? Do we even have to persuade people? Have people moved so, get, gotten so lost into the fast fashion world that they don't think quality? What are your thoughts, Edgy and, and Amanda? Because I'm just wondering, he's, you know, the way we are speaking is like, we're now going to have to start convincing people that durability or quality is a big thing or is important. Is it? Let's not, let's not make one mistake about fast fashion, though. Fast fashion isn't fast fashion because it's cheap or has no quality. Fast fashion is fast because it's a very good value point where quality and design and price meet, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. that's, where it's, that's where it's value, you know? So fast fashion is, in a sense, value fashion, you know? So durability is not a question with fast fashion. It's just that um, because we paid not, less, yeah. less for it, we paid less for it, we feel, we feel more easy to, to, to throw it away and change it, you know, just because we paid less for it.
but it's just very durable products, you know? So I, I don't think durability is going to be a problem. Hmm. Amanda? What did you just say, Edgy, that you don't think durability is a problem in the sense of? In the sense that with fast fashion, sometimes people con people, people confuse people it with assume. being cheap. It's not cheap. It is. Some it of is it is. Just... A lot of it is cheap, though. But, no, but a lot, a lot cheap of it in is quality, cheap, though. though. People say cheap in quality, but it's cheap in price. But it's also quality cheap in quali is... edgy, the, quality. Some the, of it is cheap, like yes. Primark and yes. all those. I mean, people yes. like Zara are a bit are have a bit more quality, like the Zaras and stuff. But most of the ones that are very very fast are cheap in quality and in price. Well, <laughs> you know, you know, you, you see, you guys are speaking from a consumer point. But which is, which, a is a re which, a real, which is a real thing. I mean, okay, go ahead, Edgy, and then I'd, I'd No, I agree with that. I agree. I say we're looking at it at two points, you know, from the, from a manufacturer point, because I, I see this product and I, I see where the product is being done. Yes, Prima is cheap, but when you look at brands like Uniqlo, when you look at brands like Topshop and Zara, production is really good, you know? It's just the Uni fabric. Uniqlo is, a, Uniqlo is a special case because mm -hmm. also one thing you have to look about in Uniqlo is even though it's fast, they do not change much. They stay on the same line. Like I can go to Uniqlo next year and buy the same type of jeans almost. You know what I mean? The same kind of t-shirt yes, almost. That's true. You know, you see it's what true. I mean? They stick on the same line. They don't change their whole collection every season. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, you, yeah. It's almost like uniform all the time. You know that you can buy a good down jacket if you need clothes. You know you can find t-shirts. You know you can find jeans. You know you can find a nice undershirt or whatever. But, you know, Zara is different to Uniqlo because Zara keeps on changing the trends and everything. And I do agree with you that quality is a bit better, not so good on the shoes, but they use all these cheap nylon fabrics, which when you talk about the environment, you know, there you go. You know what I'm trying to say? Like some of their clothes look good, but you wear it and all your body starts scratching because it, the fabrics are so cheap. You know, it's like, oh my God. See, you know? Liz. Yes. Liz. Yes. If we believe, if we believe Amanda, right? <laughs> We're never gonna go sustainable, though. No, but I, but you know, Edgy. To be honest with you, I do. I do. Yes, and I also agree, guys. When we speak about fast fashion, Edgy has a point, and Amanda, you also have a point. And it's true. Not all fast fashion brands are cheap in quality, but generally, I promise you, that is where you find the cheaper things. When I talk about quality, that's why you throw a T-shirt in the wash and you can wear it again. That's that's normally more on the fast fashion end. Uh, very established either luxury brands or just just different type there's different types of brands that are not necessarily considered or under the category of fast fashion uh, they may be timeless they may be classic they always are there you know you will always find something you will wear it for years you love it like mine <laughs> no, I'm playing anyway I'm just saying uh, fast fashion is not necessarily bringing the best when it comes to quality but whatever they are bringing all I'm saying is I'm just surprised when I've been on this research for around sustainability and found that you sometimes have to convince a client or a customer about quality and you almost want to argue with them because they're like but i got that for ten dollars why do you want me to pay ninety dollars for it in your fashion house because they're Please. not looking at yes go ahead i almost feel like the bigger question we have is to answer the question that amanda <laughs> asked which you is, know which is what she said she said something about the dyes, right? 
So if we go vegan or, or the vegan later, if we're using grass and everything, what's going to happen with the grass? Are they going to have I think if we answer that question, we got it. Guys, for those of you who are tuned in, uh, we are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Please talk to us and tell us. If we go vegan, aren't we going to have a deficit or are we not? Or what's going to happen? How are we going to balance this? Guys, let's roll over back to this. Although it's rarely seen here, in China, for example, there's a company called Y Closet, which has 5 million subscribers who pay every month to have access to whatever clothing they want. They get their clothing through an app. When they get a new piece of clothing, the old one goes back. So Once it's rental, clothes rental, It's basically. effectively rental, but that, that clothing goes back into the system. Now, if that's something which has durability, that may well go out to someone else. Maybe it won't, but once you build that system whereby the clothing goes back, they know what it's made of. They know how to valorize it. It's also a new way of looking at the fashion industry. I mean, I think all industries right now have to review their impact on the planet and the fact we're here today talking about the fashion industry, but this applies to every industry. Well, I was going to say huge. this. It applies to everything. You've just discovered everything. the critique of it, modern consumption. It applies to everything. And the reality is there are really exciting alternatives. You know, there's a company called Real Real that basically, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you know, it has a second life. My clothes are on there and you can buy them. You can, you can sort of buy and swap and barter clothing and it Am I alone in being a bit sceptical of the sort of rental model? I think you're just being a bit old-fashioned, No, but rental clothes, I mean, I, I like no, my own clothes. I don't want to wear what? someone it's else's. So, guys, that's another conversation. Um, this whole thing, and I checked out the, the China thing, which was surprising. I mean, they've got so many people following them, subscribing, and even bringing in their clothes. Do you guys think that this is something that would be, that would be able to survive? I mean, like, who wants to wear someone else? I, I don't even want to wear someone else's clothes. I mean, can you say something, guys? Am I talking to people here? Hello? Aloha? You know, absolutely. Is it sustainable? It's Does a, it make sense? That's, that's a social experiment, in a sense, and I think that's very sustainable. Edgy, you would know? you wear, would you buy clothes because that John, Peter, and Alice, and, and Victor wore, and just because... It depends what it is, Liz. I mean, it's it depends. Coat, if it, yeah. If it's a coat, I can buy it. You know, if it's a very well-made coat, I mean, you just send it to the dry cleaners, you're fine. But if it's some other pieces, I might not buy it because I just don't want to wear something someone else has worn. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But like a coat... Shoes, probably I wouldn't buy because I just don't like smelly feet. <laughs> purses I could buy, like the real, real, they sell all these vintage purses, mm -hmm. Birkins, everything they mm -hmm. sell. And the presses are good because you're actually getting a cheaper price than mm -hmm. they are at the store. You know, stuff like that. And they, you know, there's also, um, what's the other one? Rent the runway. Mm -hmm. Where mm -hmm. you just keep on going to rent clothes. You pay a fee and every week you can go and rent as much as you want. Mm -hmm. But those ones, it's just that no one's buying it. No one owns it. They're just recycling clothes. You can just take some things, wear them and take them back. And those ones are kind of harder because they dry clean the clothes and everything. But I don't know if you want to really be wearing clothes other people are wearing. But that's why I'm saying, but what about the health? angle of it what about people who have things and then next thing you have a rash on your back because you have you know but just they dry clean it properly like the real real doesn't allow you to dry clean it they have to dry clean it you know Guys, what i mean they can even I, bring it can i just say something one time i went to a hotel and i had a rash from the bed sheets that's a bed and bug. then that's bed wait bug. wait <laughs> and i'm not calling names that's bed bug. i'm very yeah but i had a bad rash and then 
I started traveling with sheets and towels and, and then it got to a point where I was always overweight and then I couldn't do it again. Then I was like, okay, we've got to trust. All I'm saying is it's funny how you speak to the management, you tell them what's happening. Then I started investigating to find out do they actually use... Um, I don't know if it's detailed, but an equivalent of some antibacterial something. I mean, because people are using these things every day and it's just, it's like clothes that stick on your body and underarms and like things and like, anyway, I'm very concerned about the health part of this uh, thing. I want to be sustainable, but I don't think that I would go that route. And maybe like Amanda said, if it's a, a parse, maybe something that's not going to be so clingy on your skin, maybe something like that, but heesh. But you have to understand, though, for, 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 for models around this, business models that are built around this also come inclusive with taking care of all of these questions that you've asked, you know, the cleaning of the items. Just there's a lot of a lot of those considerations that go into it. And this these are this these models, these new business models are more like social reactions to, to new things. You know, now in New York, you can live here forever and never have to buy a car because there's the, the zip car that you can just drive the car, dump it over there and leave mm. someone else takes it. Mm. It's the same thing. And it's going into house house ownership now where you don't wow. have to actually have to own the whole thing, wow. you know? So we are moving away from this uh, culture of ownership and consumption to a sharing culture. So I, I, I don't know how, and it's all part, it's all driven by sustainability, you know? And these are trends that we can fight about, fight against a little bit, but they have just too much power that they will, they, they are the trends, There's, you know? Wow, Amanda, we cut you short. Do you want to finalize on this before we move on to the next point? Um, the only thing I want to say is, you know, the trends as far as sustainability is concerned about EJ talking about the zip cars, and which they've had in London for a long time. And, you know, the fact that people are going to be able to, like, be recycling homes and sharing homes and rather than, you know, like, owning their own. I think part of that, you know, un unfortunately, I'm going to play devil's advocate. As much <laughs> as it's sustainable, part of it is because people just don't have the money. You know, as they, like they used to, like because of the way the economy is now and things are so expensive, um, a lot of people, especially younger people, cannot afford to own a car. They cannot afford to buy a house. They cannot. Yeah, you see what I'm trying to say? And that's how even when the runway started, people couldn't afford to buy so many clothes, to change their clothes all the time. So that is pushing us to find other ways, you know, rather than the, the sustainability itself. I think a lot of these things came about because of the fact that people had to find ways that could ease the burden, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, obviously it's sustainable, but humans are innately selfish. If they, if, if everyone had enough money to buy new clothes and everyone had enough, to, they would not be going to the rail rail or anything. You know, because I know, for example, I'll give you an example, Chinese people, I've met Chinese people, where they tell me, oh, I want to buy a Birkin or this or this, and I say, oh, why don't you go to the Rail Rail? You know, because this guy wants to buy watches, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, go to the Rail Rail. They have all these Rolexes that cost 50000 They have it at the Rail Rail for like fifteen. So with a piece of jewelry, no one will know you've owned it if someone else has owned it before, right? Yeah. But mm -hmm. these Chinese people will still refuse. They'll be like, no, 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 they want a new. You understand what I mean? And that's probably because they can afford it, you know? Less to me, ever since the Rail Rail was open, I said to myself, I'm never buying no watch new anymore. I'm going to go to the Rail Rail. Even if I can afford to pay 50000 for that watch, 
I'd rather go and buy it at 15 because no one is going to know if someone owned it before I bought it. But you know, you see where I'm coming from. Mm, but you know, Amanda, what, I, what I have to say. Yeah, what I have to and say about. Certified and, yeah, and everything. What I have to say about you also is yours is also about your attitude towards money. You know, because um, there's something about, that's a different topic for a different day, but I'm just saying it's interesting when, I, when you say, you know, it's not necessarily that you can afford it. Even when you can afford it, why would you want to get the more expensive version when there's the same thing going Yeah, for, but what I'm trying less. to say to you is that a lot of these things that came into being also came because of people's lack you know whether it's the attitude to money or they couldn't afford it you understand what i mean so mm-hmm. people started finding solutions where people can stay in beautiful houses without owning them they can ride beautiful cars without owning them wear beautiful clothes without owning them because rental cost is always cheaper than owning mm-hmm. guys and also what? there's another just before we leave there's another thing that is i agree with with, with amanda totally mm-hmm. and for here also there's another thing that's contributing to that the, the millennials, for one, don't like debt that much. And people mm-hmm. are moving a little bit away from debt as much as... I don't think people love debt as much as they used to love it, where they have, like, Did tons and tons it? of credit cards. And they can... <laughs> well, I mean, they used to, I mean, like, put lots of things on, on credit cards. Millennials are not that crazy about debt. So things have to change around that, too. They, you have to adapt. Yeah, but I'm you just, know, yeah, and just in a know. nutshell, I agree with you guys. I agree with you, Amanda and Edgy. I'm just saying in a nutshell, one of the conversations we're going to have to have on this show is about how to acquire wealth because in, the, in this game, because in this game, there's very few fashion industry people I know who are actually smiling to the bank. Our attitude towards money is a, is a very important topic when it comes to business. And obviously, this is a show that dissects the business behind fashion. And the one thing is, why is it that we don't retain, why are we not acquiring wealth in this industry as much as we should? But that's a topic for another day. For those who are tuned in, today is not the wealth day. Today is the conversation around sustainability in fashion. If you have any comments, if you want to share your thoughts, uh, you can tweet us at FashionLabAF. What, what would be your advice, the two of you, to an average consumer who likes spending a bit of money on clothes and dressing well and sees dressing as a form of self-expression, as part of their identity and the way they behave? What, what should they change in the way they live their life? Right now, a consumer, let's take in this country, cannot be circular with their fashion de- decisions. It's very hard to. And that's because the industry isn't circular. And what we're trying to do with this report is to get the industry to look at this vision, to have a higher level of ambition, a much higher level of ambition than yeah. it's had in the past, and to collaborate like never before. And incentivize people, you know. The reality is, is this doesn't have to be punishment. This can be sexy, this can be fashionable, this can be young, you know. Mm-hmm. For me, I get excited about the opportunities because I find it new. And I think as a fashion designer and as a businesswoman, that's why I'm here today, is because I'm interested in newness. Mm-hmm. And this what, is a new approach. What you didn't put in the report, you didn't think about taxing them, for example. So people just won't buy as many of them because, and they will value what they've got because they'll be paying more for them. It was... it, it's a valid point, but I don't think just taxing clothing solves this problem. The clothing currently is designed in a linear way. Uh, we burn a significant amount of it, or landfill a significant amount. What we need to do is design a system so it's restorative and regenerative. Well, I punish right. people, actually look at the opportunities financially. It's a massive opportunity to make more money on every level for everybody, you know, if there's so much waste. Get recycling incentives mm-hmm. in place where people are actually going to get money for going and recycling their clothes properly. There's 100 billion US dollars to be had in mm-hmm. that industry.
thank you guys so much for tuning in. We are now rolling over to uh, Zakia Bam's Glamish. When it comes to sustainability, we are pretty hot on eco-friendly fashion and ethical clothing. But what about sustainable beauty? What does sustainable beauty even mean? Is it even real or just another market employee designed to make us spend more money? Environmental sustainability is the maintenance of natural resources and long-term ecological balance where the demands placed on the environment can be met without depleting the natural resources or compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs. In the context of the beauty industry, sustainability can be applied to different areas including how raw ingredients are sourced, the production involved, the energy consumption of the company, waste management, the carbon footprint of the company and the biodegradability of the finished product. In the beauty industry, trying to be sustainably smart can be a tough one. I myself know the packaging and the extra padding that's required when purchasing makeup products online. I mean, there's nothing worse than receiving your eyeshadow or highlight kit in pieces. But on the other hand, cardboard packaging from perfumes, serums and moisturizers contributes to the loss of 18 million acres of forest each year. Cardboard is recyclable, but companies continue to use the new cardboard instead of recycled. Last week, Victoria Beckham launched a clean, luxu- a luxury, clean, sustainable and cruelty-free brand. One of the main hashtags being hashtag not perfect because sustainability is such a challenge. There is 120 billion units of cosmetic packaging produced com- globally. Perhaps companies would consider a refill option in the future. But I ask, are we not in the future yet? Why is nobody doing it already? Last week, I read an article on influencers who are, using, who are refusing to accept makeup PR packages anymore due to the amount of packaging that's required in order for these packages to arrive safely and also for the effect of videoing an extremely popular unboxing video. Also, the quantity of makeup being sent was to a point that even donating products still didn't put an end to having just too much. So there is a shift where people are becoming aware that having what's trendy may also come at the price of our planet. And the good part is they are questioning it. Every day we switch on our phones and we get told that you need these 58 products to create a no makeup makeup look. Like, like where? Where is the sense in it? As a makeup artist, I've always struggled to find sustainable or clean beauty brands locally to support. I've tested many, many clean formulas locally and found them either lacking they either did not have the color payoff, the long way, or just didn't perform in the end. And personally, I'm always selective of what I put on my skin and definitely what I keep in my beauty bags. And honestly, I'll swap to a cleaner formula anytime if I'm certain they can perform. So these are my top three tips on being sustainably smart while still looking glam. And this is my approach to trying to be sustainable. If you can't apply it in one category of your life, support the idea in another aspect of your life. Number one, invest in one of those microfiber face washcloths. Gone are the days of wet wipes. These microfiber cloths usually require only a little bit of water for it to remove all traces of makeup. I love them because they are incredibly gentle and soft and they even at times use, remove 
waterproof makeup with just water but i definitely suggest that you use a little bit of cleanser so in the end you end up using you save water and you end up using less product number two shop at beauty stores that support sustainability example lush i personally love the brand most of the products are vegan vegetarian or and are all cruelty free as well the scent from the stores are always intoxicating and inviting they sell a lot of naked product, naked products which means that they have little to no packaging so they have bar shampoos bar deodorants and a bonus is for every 5 empty lash containers you return you receive a free mask additionally they also sell these really cool scarves and wrapping papers so no cardboard there and they even have um the brown paper bags can be planted into the soil at the end of their use number 3 multitask your makeup products so that this is multitasking your products in numerous ways so contour sticks can be used as lipstick shades highlighting sticks can be used on your eyes lips and cheeks use lipstick as blush i mean let's get creative let's start a new trend this is your girl zakia bam keep it glam bye Wow, thank you for that. That was really good insight. Um we are now rolling over to our wine style guide where we touch base with everything stylish and wine because that's one of the things we care about. I think we're going to start with Amanda today. Amanda, what's your wine style guide today? It's time for your wine style guide. Brought to you by Liz Ogunga Wines. I think my wine style guide is um if you love wine you should get a good um is it called a carafe you know like the what do you call it when you pour the wine in isn't it a carafe a carafe or a decanter um, the more fancy okay, one is a decanter yeah a decanter or carafe yeah you should get a fancy or uh, maybe a fancy decanter then i guess or a carafe you know i mean i think everybody i i, I don't think people use it enough but it's so Nice, so it lets the red wine breathe, <laughs> and so chic, and so you know bougie, if you say so. So that's my wine style guide. <laughs> Thank you. And Edgy, what's your wine style guide today? And do not tell us about your experience with wine. Just the wine style guide is all. No, so just the thing that Amanda said just reminded me. When I was in Dubai, there was this pizza, Italian pizza restaurant that you went to, and they served you wine in carafes. So you had get a big carafe or a small carafe, but it was one of the most romantic experiences of having wine. Even though I didn't drink it, I just loved. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, I, I think the carafe is beautiful. So guys, I think that the decanter is the better word for it because a carafe is a bit mm. more like a standard style. So you know, like when you go to rest, any average. Yeah, but in America, they don't use the word decanter; they call it carafe. Okay. That's why I use carafe. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. I just realized. <laughs> 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 I know. You know what? We all know what happens in the UK, then we know what happens in the US. So let's just yeah. leave it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's just leave it alone. Now, today my wine style guide is around um something that we a lot of us do. Now, when you think about a guest who comes into your house, brings a bottle of wine as a gift to your dinner party, uh I have questions and I want to involve Edgy and Amanda um in whichever capacity. Now, when you bring a bottle of wine to say my house for my dinner party that I invited you to, Do you expect me to pop it open? Or do you pop it Not open? Not really. Okay, would you pop it open? Um, 
No, I wouldn't pop it out to number one. If I bring someone a wine, I don't expect them to even serve it. You understand? Because that is a gift I brought to them. The only time I will expect them to serve it is if we talked about it. Okay. And we decided, oh, this type of wine is good. Because the host might have an idea of the wine she wants to serve with the meal. That she thinks is appropriate to what we're eating. Check you out. Or, or, Or unless... I'm particularly, maybe I'm allergic to something or tannin or whatever. And I, I bring that to say, like, you know what I mean, Liz? I yes. can't drink this type of wine. But, yes. you know, then that, in that situation, I might say, please open this because this is the only type of wine I can drink. But the host, you know, especially if she's a wine, if she knows a bit about wine, she might have an idea of wine she wants to drink. And you're bringing it, I'm bringing it as a gift to the house. So I don't have to drink my wine. I don't even have to drink wine at all. So, so Amanda, now, if it was brought to you, if it was you who's hosting us and we brought a bottle of wine to you, whichever way, would you rather keep it away or would you rather focus on it? It depends. If I have have wines lined up for the night. You probably do because you have a dinner party. You do. You probably do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say I have some wines lined up and and I could ask the person that gave it to me, like, would you prefer to drink yours or, you know, I have wine. You know, I might ask. It depends. Or if it's a good friend of mine like Liz, I'll just say, ah, just put that one in the cupboard back there. I'll bring that one later by myself. (laughs) I think it's good and I think it's a great great way to also interact and see how we think about these things but and i think yeah. also with the wine style guide we don't have any right way we recommend i normally would recommend and like i said this is why we're opening up the conversation so for those who are tuned in share with us your tweets on how you would deal with the situation however my two cents on it is if i bring you a wine you're serving and you're hosting and you have a dinner party you probably already know what you want to pair with the food you probably have your wines on the standby. So unless I'm bringing you my wine to say I'm introducing you to Liz Ogumba Wines and I want you to pop it at some point, I would actually expect you to take the wine and I hope that you can keep it and you can enjoy it at your own time because it's not a part of the dinner uh, party experience. But I think it's really up to you. And like I said, there's no right way or wrong way of doing things, but there's just... Um, it's good to be mindful. Let's just talk about these conversations as we go. But anyway, that is our wine style guide for today. <laughs> Brought to you by Lizzo Gumba Wines. <laughs> Your wine style guide. Brought to you by Lizzo Gumba Wines. And now we are rolling over to the Fashion Lab top three around this uh, conversation on sustainable fashion. Uh, I normally pull out the uh, top three, but because we are top three in the house today, I would like that uh, each of us just throw in a key point. Uh, I will summarize. I will do the third one. So I'll start with you, Edgy. Fashion Lab top three. We can't dwell on it. You need to just throw the point and we move to the number two and we move to number three. (laughs) Well, let's consume consciously. Thank you very much. Number two, Amanda. Um... Stop wastage. Thank you very much. Number three for me, I think my biggest thing would be focus on upcycling if you are, if you care as a consumer. So there we go. That's our Fashion Lab top three for today. Uh, we would definitely like to hear from you and I hope that you can start applying these things um, small by small, 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 like they say in Niger. But anyway, now we are rolling over to who would you want to dress? Who would you want a dress <laughs> uh, we're gonna start with you edgy oh god no hold on let's start with you Amanda. No, I, I, <laughs> no. have, I have something today okay. i have something okay. really cool today <laughs> all right 
Knock yourself no, out. No, today. Yesterday, I met someone from Cape Verde. She had this incredible skin and a tunic. Like, she had this incredible tunic on her. And I want to put, I want to style her and her tunic in our Sophie boots. A Sophie walker boot with black leggings on it. Black sheer leggings. I've already discussed it with her. Someone sounds like he's smitten. No. <laughs> you sound so excitable. No. But that's fine. Thank you, Edgy. Thank you. Amanda, who would you want to dress and why today? And, and who would I want to dress and why? Mm-hmm. I think this week I would love to dress Naomi Campbell because Naomi this week just put it all down. I mean, the Fashion for Relief show, I mean, having it back in London, the hometown. And this was, I think, the best Fashion for Relief show I've ever seen. And it was amazing. I mean, Naomi put it on. She, t- she made us see why she is the queen of the runway, why she's the goddess of the runway, why there's only one and only. Naomi. And, <laughs> and she killed it. She killed it with her fashion, her style. All the, everything she wore made a statement, especially the bullet hole dress, which was, mm. oh my God, that was just such an amazing, amazing, amazing dress. So if I dress anybody this week, it will be Naomi Campbell. Mm. No. Today I would like to dress Diana Ross. Um, she is 75 years old and she hasn't slowed down at all. Um, I love her outfits. I love her style. They are always extremely bold and sassy. I mean, she's a music and a style icon on all levels. Um, I love her daughter, Tracy Alice Ross, that uses that exact style in her style now. Um, it's incredible. So that's who I would like. I would want to dress today. Uh, today, I want to dress uh, Stella McCartney, and I want to do that because of the fact that we are having a very serious conversation, or we've had a very serious conversation, the fact that she's conscious about moving the industry forward sustainably, and also she's doing a lot about it, because it's one thing to want change, and then it's another to actually be the change. So today, mine goes to Stella McCartney in something, let's see, maybe Lisa Gumo denim, just to look at her in a nice, wide leg, Lisa Gumo denim a trouser, and just a simple blouse or maybe a cosette actually a nice cosette a nice hand beaded cosette by one of these Zulu women down the street who work for me who do mm-hmm. but anyway that's who I want to dress today and um, I want to uh, uh, thank you guys for tuning in I need some parting shots uh, from you Amanda and from you Edgy uh, so we can actually say goodbye
guys, we are moving on to finalize and to wrap up on the show. What are your parting shots, Edgy, for today? I will repeat that we should consume consciously. Let's think of our environment and how we impact it with our consumption in terms of fashion. And Amanda, what are your parting shots for the day? I think um, today's topic was very good because I think it made all of us more conscious about what we're wearing, etc. And I just think I still, you know, go for the issue of wastage and, you know, and yeah, we have to learn how to just not waste as much and probably try and recycle, upcycle or whatever it is. Thank you. Um, I think for today, I just want to remind all of us who are tuned in that, you know, one of the things people say is, oh, if I change mine, what's going to matter? I'm just one little person in the corner. But I just want to remind you that you're never too small to make a difference. And there's an African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So I think if you can start this thing, however way in your little capacity that you think you're so little in the corner, one little thing by one little person is the step forward to change it, it doesn't matter if you're one and if you're small and you're in your small corner you know people love to use this word small but anyway that's my parting shots for today thank you for joining us on the show feel free to connect with us on fashionlabafrica.com or email us at info at fashionlabafrica.com and share with us your topics or any specific topics you would like us to actually dissect in the lab we definitely look forward to hearing from you and uh, for those who cut the show halfway you can still catch the podcast on fashionlabafrica.com until next week thank you to our contributors thank you to everyone who's tuned in it is toodles fashion lab africa real conversations real fashion